0: What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at Managing Editor, FightfulWrestling.com. Go there to get all of your wrestling news. today. Maybe you like MMA and boxing as well. Fightful.com has you covered. We have subsections for all those. We cover every wrestling show every week from NWA Power to Impact Wrestling to WWE, Ring of Honor, MLW. We have it all there. But if you're looking for a bit of a podcast review every week, Subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. It is our premium service where we go over the Impact Wrestling news every single week. Uh, That is the most direct way to support us, uh, that being FightfulSelect.com. But hey, if you want to support us here right now and you're watching live on YouTube, leave a thumbs up and subscribe. Donate a Super Chat, any amount, get your question or statement read on the air as I run down Bound for Glory, Impact Wrestling Uh, From Chicago, Illinois, just outside of Chicago, I believe. uh, Drew a pretty good crowd. They actually oversold the show, as Josh Matthews told us last week. Uh, Denise Salcedo had just a a series of interviews, great ones. Last week we had, between myself and her, Ethan Page, Jordan Grace, Brian Cage, Taya Valkyrie, Josh Matthews, Sammy Callahan. Head over to YouTube.com slash Fightful. Check that out. And, of course, Kristen Ashley and Warren Hayes. Uh, or at last night's Impact Wrestling show. Go so, show them some love as well. Let's go ahead and talk about this Impact Wrestling show. I'm going to pepper in some production <clears throat> thoughts and and all that, sh- uh, that stuff as we go along. But yeah, I'm going to, uh, like I said, be reading Super Chats, all that good stuff. We are also on podcast platforms everywhere. We started off with the Call Your Shot Battle Royal. Eddie Edwards starts. Eddie Edwards wins. This was a real mixed bag. For me. <clears throat> like there was a whole lot of stuff that I loved and a whole lot of stuff I really hated in this. One of the things I hated first was the feed having issues early on, which we missed a couple minutes. It isn't that big of a deal. Whatever, it happens. Uh, but we see Reno Scum, Eddie Edwards, and Cousin Jake in the ring. Then the newly signed Joey Ryan appears in the call your shot battle royal. Now, I enjoy Joey Ryan. I like him personally. I've interviewed him and talked to him. Have him in the can for another feature in the future for enhancement stories. But he has signed Impact Wrestling, a multi-year deal according to SoCalUncensored.com. Joey Ryan confirmed that news and later on Don Callison and Josh Matthews brought it up on the broadcast. Hey, he's got some name value that's a good get. He had questioned or or there were rumors about where he would go earlier this year considering the the contract signing boom that we experienced, everybody getting signed up to deals. And he said it was important that he could be himself and that he could continue his indie dates. But tell you what, man, I I don't like the dick flip gimmick in the in this spot. I really don't. Not when it eliminates actual honest to God competitors. And I like Joey Ryan. I think it's fine, but there were there were a couple spots, this being one of them, that I was just like, eh, I don't like it, and I didn't like that one. Now I'm not saying that I don't like the spot at all. I didn't like it in this particular spot. Jessica Havoc comes in and choke slams Ryan. She's gotten uh, like worked really, really hard to improve uh, her conditioning and things over the last several months. If you followed her on Instagram, and that was a big point on commentary. Rosemary is next. I think that woman is going to be over forever, forever. That she is made in Impact Wrestling. Madman Fulton is in now. I I thought he was one of the, not one of the highlights. He probably was the highlight of this. And that was by design. He eliminated a lot of people. He threw out Rosemary and Havoc. Then Joey Ryan is up next. I'm going to try to find out. Try to find out where exactly, uh, how many people he eliminated in all. But Cody Deaner. Quickly eliminated via an apron choke slam. Johnny Swinger comes out now, and he got signed a while back. And he's in great shape, but got crickets. Uh, hopefully he'll get more than crickets when we air our interview with him. Thanks to Denise Salcedo. <laughs> now Jordan Grace comes in. One of the most over people in this battle royal. And she got the appropriate treatment. Uh, her German suplexing Fulton was a great spot with like the help of Eddie Edwards. I like that. It made it a little bit more believable, and she said as much in our interview that she thinks that their that Impact is going towards a more intergender, liberal type of, of style, and I'm okay with that. Make it believable, make it make sense like this spot did, and I love that. Hornswoggle, the king of small style, is here, and <laughs> he... Uh, Chases Swinger into the ring and German suplexes in before Grace eliminates Johnny Swinger. A lot of ass biting. Uh, I get the uh I get the uh super chats, guys, don't worry. I will get to those right after the match. Somebody's saying Tessa signed a multi year deal with impact. I don't know when she signed a multi year deal with impact. So um that that's really pointless. There there were rumors that her deal was up next year. I don't I don't know that for sure though. But, uh, I think it was Grace that eliminated uh, Johnny Swinger. Kiara Hogan came out and just twerked in front of Hornswoggle. Like, I don't understand uh, all the twerking for taunts. Like, they they just used that with Katie Forbes. Like, do something different. Well, Jordan Grace tosses her out anyway. Raj Singh gets booed for attacking Swoggle. Tommy Dreamer's out next because, of course, he is. He's in everything. Then Kylie Ray shows up. Kylie Ray looking like a million bucks. Mrs. I don't want to say misses, but came up short on a couple super kicks, but the crowd is happy to see her. If Impact can land her, that's a big one, but they at least got her for tonight, and it's great to see her. Now, everybody's going to say, oh, well, what happened with her in AEW? What happened to her in AEW? Nobody that I've talked to has, has been able to give me a definitive answer that I feel comfortable running. I have talked to numerous people who claim to be in the know who claim to have the story and have had their story backed up by somebody else, and there are four or five different stories right now going on. It would be irresponsible for me to go out and report those, getting confirmations, quote-unquote, for four or five different stories. It's, it's unreal, man. Uh, until she really, really talks about it, a lot of it's going to be conjecture. <clears throat> Sabu is out next uh but then Shira comes out. Now I want to say this. God damn it, I forgot my Ovaly Shira was in this. That guy, he sucks. He's a lot better than he used to be, but he just did clotheslines and works as a heel. So that that's that's a major step up for him from him trying to work a baby face and trying to trying to uh work uh from selling and all that. Like him him trying to sell is just a miserable, miserable experience. Fulton and Shara go at it, and they this is understandable. They're the two big hosses in the match. Edwards eliminates Fulton, who then attacks Edwards, but now it's a one on one match between Shara and Edwards, and it ends real quick. Shara eats a Boston knee party. Eddie Edwards wins, <clears throat> yes, Mohambadi Shara is the guy n x t let go. So things I didn't like, <clears throat> Hornswoggle hitting a German suplex on somebody. That was out of the realm of possibility for me. I didn't see it out of the realm of possibility that Jordan Grace, who is like their their monster of that, that division, hitting something like that, didn't have a problem with that. I didn't like Swoggle's spot. I liked him being in the Battle Royal, but not that spot. Eddie Edwards still running the modern-day Tommy Dreamer gimmick. Gets the win. All right. I probably would have... Instead of announcing the Tessa Blanchard-Jordan Grace tag title match, I probably would have had Jordan Grace win this and have her call that out. Impact Wrestling Knockouts Championship. Taya successfully defends her title against Tennille Dashwood. Tennille originally signed with Impact through October, so not a big surprise that Taya won this. Taya, uh, quite frankly... Probably the best reign in Impact Wrestling knockouts history. It's the longest already. But boy, <clears throat> the drumming during the early going of this match was real goddamn annoying. Don Callis called Taya close to six feet tall. She's billed as 5'8", which means she's probably shorter, which is nowhere near it. Now Don Callis probably sees her running around in heels all the time backstage that put her close to it, but whatever. This This match was okay. Uh, Tanil did a great rope hung neck breaker there was a really good series after Tanil hit a tilt-a-whirl arm bar uh, the problem with Tanil that I see a lot of people bringing up is that she doesn't uh, she doesn't seem necessarily motivated and I don't know uh, about that, I mean I think maybe that's just kind of her demeanor, I think she kind of has just a pretty stoic demeanor I, I, would, I don't know if I would say that she's not motivated, but an interesting note is that uh, when she originally signed, it was through October, so 2016 she was working NXT, 2017 WWE, 2018 Ring of Honor, 2019 in an Impact, and she worked an AEW date, so who knows where she'll end up in 2020. Uh, I will say that Neil's elbows that she throws, she throws those like elbows to the back of the head. Sometimes they don't look great because she's got her chin all the way up in the air, but I, I don't really know how to... I mean, maybe you could adjust that, but that's just a personal thing. Like what, how I noticed that why they look a little bit different, but different isn't wrong. Uh, Tanil goes into the tarantula. Taya gets the double knees after a roll up into the the turnbuckles, but in the opposite corner, Tanil hit a great sit down power bomb. Uh, you could tell she had some little balance issues there, but there was a hideous, hideous. Package pile driver on the apron by Taya. That did not work. That was bad. Bad. Tenille yanks Taya into the buckles, hits two Emma Sandwiches, and the spotlight, but Johnny Bravo helps Taya out. Which I I don't know how that is in a DQ, but hey, whatever. He gets ejected, but tosses Taya a chain, which doesn't end up mattering. Tenille catches her, like looks like she's gonna use it but instead eats a road to Valhalla, and, and Taya wins. Okay, that's fine. Another feather in, in Taya's cap. I'm with that. I understand that. I, I It makes a lot of sense to me. You put Taya over a, a worldwide established p- person. Whew. Th- this one wasn't Taya versus Tessa, I'll tell you that much. Not a bad match or anything, but definitely not Taya versus Tessa. Go now says select is worth every penny. Everybody go sign up. Thank you. We put a lot of work into that. Q&A show is is up this week as well. Two episodes per week of Alex Pawlowski's Sour Graps. Awesome. Luke Might says Sammy and Tessa should have won their matches. Uh, I agree, but I think that if Sammy won his match, then Tessa shouldn't have won, and it should have been them at Hard to Kill. DK, thank you for the super chat, buddy. Much appreciated. Up next, the Impact Tag Team Championship. This might have been. This is right up there. With a match of the night for me. Critical Sting says Tessa didn't win. Yeah, that's what I said. I said if Tessa didn't win, or if Sammy won his match, then Tessa should not have won hers. Because then she could have challenged Callahan for the title. The North defeated Rich Swann and Willie Mack and RVD and Rhino. Now, the thing is, I like the use of RVD in a tag team. But it didn't last... Uh, the first thing I noticed about this match is the mic, the ring mic is really loud. So a thing that a lot of good wrestling coaches, teachers, trainers will teach you, when you're in a really loud ring like that, where everything that you do is crash, 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 crash you try to take as few steps as possible. So if you've got somebody in a headlock, you want to stand there. You don't want to like trot around or pivot too much because you're going to hear... Crash, 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 all the time. Just standing there in a headlock. You want that. You ideally want that sound associated with taking a bump, because if people hear that when you're standing there in a headlock, then you go and you do a big back body drop and it makes the same sound. It doesn't quite register as well, or at least that's that's the line of thinking. And that happened a lot here. Like you could tell, man, there were six people on that apron, and or or in that ring. And it was nonstop crash, 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 crash. Nuts, man! All the time. There was a rough spot with Ethan Page and Rich Swan early on, but uh, they recovered pretty quick. Love the North's double team moves. The double team uh, Blue Thunder Bomb was awesome. Ethan Page did a back body drop to Rich Swan that made him do a four fifty face plant. That was great. Ethan Page's offense and Willie Max hot tag. Were real highlights for me. Willie Mack's hot tag is nothing short of amazing. He did a great dive. Page then did a press slam onto Rich Swan off the top rope. Followed up with a Swanton. Incredible. Somebody said it sounded like a stampede. I thought it was a drummer sometimes, to be honest. Yeah, they had drummers out for the AAA guys earlier in the night. But damn, man. it was It was loud. So out of nowhere, Rob Van Dam turns on Rhino. Now, I had tweeted, well, 20 years ago when I got an ECW, I really didn't expect this team. I'm sure they'll play up the history. And I have some people saying, why would they turn RVD heel? Well, I'll put it like this. How much buzz were they getting with him as a baby face? And they got to be paying him all right money. He straight he talks about how much uh, about how well he's paid all the time. Every time that I talk to the guy, he's like, yeah, I'm there for the money. Well, have him go out there and say that he's only there for the money, that he doesn't care about anything else. I'm okay with a Rob Van Dam heel turn. When's the last time we've seen Rob Van Dam as a heel? What's he going to do, come out there and play the greatest hits nonstop? No, If you're do something new. Do something different. Why not? I'm okay with this. I'm okay with seeing angry old man RVD throwing stiff kicks at people. I like it. If he were in WWE, I'd want him in that angry old man tag team with Shelton Benjamin that I've been pitching. Man. The North hit their incredible finish on Swan for the win. I I love the North. They are outstanding. Ethan Page is just innovative and exciting. And Josh Alexander is is a perfect complement. Rich Swan and Willie Mack are amazing. Uh, Hopefully, Ravi Nam and Rhino can capture some of their magic from back in the day. I mean, Rhino's motivated, man. The the dude did not take a WWE deal that was like double his old downside to come to Impact. He wants to do some work. He wants to do some special stuff. Hats off to him. I'm open to see where it goes. Michael Elgin defeated Naomi, Naomi Chi Marifuji. Uh, this was a real change of pace from the rest of the card. Very hard-hitting. Elgin mixes in a dive early, as does Marifuji. They're just throwing each other suplex and clubbing each other all over the place. Uh, Josh Matthews kind of tipped the hand that this would be a longer match early on, and it got clunky at times. And The, the thing I thought was interesting, the crowd treated this like it was uh, like they were in Japan, which I found kind of interesting. It was a little bit more quiet. They clapped during during spots. That it was, it was just kind of like go back and watch it and see it because it was a good match. I really enjoyed it. There were some sloppy spots, like the sliced bread on the floor and some awkward landings. But you know what, man, you're gonna have that when you beat the living shit out of each other. It ain't all gonna be smooth and pretty, and I'm all right with that. Not you're not gonna land on your feet every time when you flip out of something. Mara Fuji 40, still. And I, and I love that, like, the dude's 40 and nobody's like, oh, put him out to pasture, like, back in the day. I, I liked it. A lot of this show was like, like, you look at it. Eddie Edwards winning a battle royal that featured a lot of people who you didn't know if they were signed, what what their deal was. of Valkyrie against Tennille Dashwood, who's probably not going to be signed much longer. Uh, the North... Defending against a team in Rob Van Dam and Rhino. Rhino's only signed... Or, Rhino just came from WWE. Rob Van Dam's only signed until January. You've got the X-Division match that has the newly signed A. Shamero Moose against Ken Shamrock. Who knows how long he'll be around. And Elgin against Marafuji. It was... There were a lot of people that were put in situations here to go over people who either had just signed... We don't know how long they're signed or they came in as favors. And... Impact put all their people over, and I'm not hating on them for that, man. I'm not hating on them for that, because when the tables have been turned, oftentimes they haven't been afforded the same luxury, so hey, more power to Impact putting over their own people. Yes. This is the story of the Wad. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call click Granger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done. So I know Joey Ryan signed a multi-year deal. I talked about it on this podcast. Uh, Elgin slugs away. They, they went into some wild dives and, he had a couple Splash Mountain power bombs that I thought was done. I thought I thought it was over. They sold me a ticket, and I thought maybe it should have been there. But the Burning Hammer ended up winning it for Elgin. Crowd reaction was nice. I thought it could have been a little bit more though. Yeah, I'm excited to see the Rascals versus the uh, the AAA team on Tuesday. Uh, they had to move, or they moved that to the pre-show. I was excited to see it tonight. The Rascals are amazing. Also amazing is Ace Austin. X Division Championship ladder match. Don Callis calls Ace Austin the cuck maker. So, okay. Let's go ahead and talk about this. All the cuck angles in wrestling. And I'm not just talking about from a female-male perspective and all that and messing with somebody else's girl. Like, all the angles. Like, it's been such a thing lately. Like, Oh, I'm gonna make you watch your opponent get destroyed. Alright. It made a little bit of sense for a little bit. Let's move on. Let's move on. We somebody say, I was there, SRS, just got back. Kinda wish the crowd was a smidge more lively at times. Yeah, I do too. I do too. But uh go to go to lucha blog on Twitter and see how much better. That crowd looked for Impact Wrestling and Ring of Honor. Impact Wrestling is by and f- like far away ahead of Ring of Honor now. And it's funny because la- up until last year, up until the Elite left, Ring of Honor was a leaps and bounds ahead number two company. In just a matter of weeks, really, months, Impact or Ring of Honor has fallen so far down. Like, you could argue that that Ring of Honor was maybe number two. Even, like, up there with NXT, definitely not for big events. Because, you know, NXT couldn't do, or Ring of Honor couldn't do, like, 15,000, 16,000 people. It just wasn't going to work like that uh, regularly, like it does for NXT takeovers. But they fell below AEW. They fell down below Impact Wrestling. Damn, Ring of Honor ain't in good shape right now. It's rough. It's rough. Tessa Blanchard hits a cutter on Dave Christ uh, in a dive to boot, or Jake Christ, rather. Austin follows with a space flying tiger drop. Daga dives over Romero onto the other fellas, and Chris had his ass kicked thoroughly. Thoroughly. Like real bad. Uh, this match, I thought, highlighted how poorly the show was lit, but again, much lit much better than ROH, and that, that seems like more of a venue problem than an impact problem, but I hate when you see the spotlights or, or the, the lights shining into the camera, should be lit a little bit higher. David says, ROH drew 200 at the Odeon for that show, yikes, that's rough. We see a Tower of Doom. Another Dove cries. The day I don't see another Tower of Doom. Oh my god. Will be the day I throw a goddamn pizza party. Romero dove right into a ladder. He did a suicide dive. And Daga and Tessa just cracked him with a chair. He quickly gets back in the ring though. And end up hitting uh, Daga with a pounce. Uh, This match was a lot slower paced. Than I thought it needed to be. I loved Romero. Setting up two ladders to climb up a bit. Because he's a big dude. Big dude. He ate a super cutter. That was really cool. Uh, One of the best spots I've seen was that freaking Canadian Destroyer over the top rope. through a ladder. That completely took those guys out of the match. Amazing. Commentary called it like it was a nice shoulder block. Huh? Huh? Come on, call that one. I will give them credit, though. That Ace Romero spot where the man flew over the top rope off a ladder. 350, 400 pounds, man, through a table. My God. Commentary took care of that one. So Tess is ready to win, but OVE runs in. Hits the Rana on Fulton into the ladder. Tosses Chris off the ladder through the table. But then Ace Austin pops up, the cuck maker, and hits Tessa with a stick and wins the match. I thought for sure when Tessa didn't win this, I thought for sure Sammy Callahan was going to win the title. Now I'll say this Ace Austin rules. That guy is real good. But I think Tessa Blanchard is the biggest star that company has had for quite a while. She's amazing amazing i don't know how much money impact wrestling has to throw around they need to back up the brinks truck for this woman and try to keep her because that's what they got they got tessa blanchard they got tessa blanchard and she is the biggest star in that company bar none and that's no disrespect to anybody else they got some really good people tessa blanchard is head and shoulders above everybody else and that's saying something Because I think they got a lot of great people. I think Moose can be a star. I think Sammy Callahan's great. Brian Cage. Jordan Grace. I think Ace Austin's going to be really good. Willie Mack, I think, is a big star. I think Rich Swann can realize his potential there. I think Ty is coming along. But man, Tessa Blanchard is special. I thought she would win this. Not going to say it was a quote-unquote wrong decision or whatever, but if your boy had the book, that's how I would have done it. Moose defeated Ken Shamrock. This was... (sighs) So, I'll try to break this down. Because on my match ratings that I did my live blog. It's on Fightful Select. But, for one, Moose in incredible shape. Ken Shamrock, incredible shape. You know how Ken Shamrock got in that shape, though. Let's not kid ourselves. 55-year-olds do not look like that naturally. And if he wants to do it, more power to him, whatever. Whatever. This match was kind of clunky and overbooked. And Moose was great. He was awesome. Shamrock was great too. They did everything that they could. Shamrock went above and beyond doing everything that he could. Like slingshot planches and all this stuff. Like I didn't expect that. But my God, man. It, it just, there was something about it. It was a little a little off. But man, these guys worked their ass off. And Moose is great. Uh, Moose saved Ken Shamrock's life on that dive. Go back and watch that. Moose saved his life. Trig, Frank Trigg, uh, Fightful alumni Frank Trigg, former host of the MMA podcast, uh, grabs, his le- grabs Shamrock's leg. Then Moose goes at it. Trigg exposes the turnbuckle, which will come into play later. Shamrock applies an ankle lock and the ref is out. So we got shenanigans number two. Shamrock gets punched in the penile area. Shenanigans number three. Shamrock back body drops Moose into the buckle. Applies an ankle lock. Moose selling his ass off. But right after he sold his ass off on the ankle, he ran up the turnbuckles and did a crazy moonsault that commentary didn't put over at all. If I see a guy like Moose doing that big backflip... Jeez. And, you know, I called this match. I said it was either going to be really good or really bad. In a way, I was wrong, but in a way, I was right because, like, the way they laid it out was really awesome. Like, I saw what they were going for. I saw what they were doing, and these guys executed as well as they could, but there were so many shenanigans that you didn't need to have. This was a smoke and mirrors match that I don't think needed to be a smoke and mirrors match. Moose is really good. And as it turns out, even though Ken Shamrock is much slower than he used to be, he's also very good and was willing to do anything that he could. So, And it's just me, how I personally feel. I feel like they did this. Like, oh, well, we we need to add a little bit to give Shamrock some breaks. He didn't need them. Moose didn't need them. And I like Frank Trigg, but... He was slow as molasses on that distraction spot. Ken Shamrock eats the steel turnbuckle. Moose wins. No jackhammer needed. Moose is really good, man. That, that's all I can say. Moose is real good. By the way, guys, I posted on Fightful Select a bunch of names that were backstage. Uh, Chris Sabin was backstage. He was going over the X Division match. Uh, Also, Gail Kim produced the women's title match. No surprise that she did that. Make sure you guys leave a thumbs up and subscribe. And if you want to hear us review or hear Steven Jensen review Impact Wrestling every week, check him out. He's got the Fightful Weekender podcast. Of course, visit FightfulWrestling.com and check out our stories and all that stuff. But FightfulSelect.com, man, you're not going to get a better deal in premium wrestling coverage at just $5 a month. Every single week, you get my Backstage Report podcast with backstage news, injuries, contract updates, and stats. You get two episodes of Alex Palowski's Sour Graps. You get the Weekender podcast every single week. Every other week, I do a Q&A show where you can ask me as many questions as you want. Every month, we're there with a retro review. Every month, we're there with a dark match commentary. Uh, it's There's just tons of content over there. So you're getting dozens and dozens of shows a month. Check it out. It supports us directly. Helps us give people like the hardworking Jeremy Lambert a much-deserved raise. Main event time. Brian Cage defeated Sammy Callahan. Already a holy shit call on commentary. And a fuck you bitch. Please don't demonetize me. YouTube. YouTube. Those are actual quotes. And hey, I, I, I'm all for that. Like I'm just bringing it to your attention. I mean, Sammy Callahan straight up told Denise in our interview, people who want the Attitude Era tune into Impact Wrestling, that's what we're going to do. That's what we do. And I I think, that, gosh, I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Cage that said that he thinks they'll be able to get away with more. And on Access, they, they drop F-bombs on Access fairly often. At least they did on New Japan. Callahan's bleeding early. Cage uses the claw gimmick on him. This was a fun match. Uh, it's based on Sammy Callahan pile driving Melissa Santos while Cage watched. Crowd is behind Callahan though, and they—I I, love that on commentary that Josh and Don Callis don't hide it. They don't treat you like you're dumb in that regard. They treated you like you are dumb telling you that Taya was six feet tall, but they don't treat you like you're dumb when you can hear the crowd chanting for Ove. Channing for Callahan. I dig that. Kudos to them for that. Callahan gets sent through a table that doesn't break, so again he goes. Uh, for the criticism that I gave Callis earlier, he was on his game here and shows how great of a color commentator he can be. Callahan grabs Cage's nuts and does the old Cactus Jack pile driver through a barricade. I- I've always loved Cage's reverse pump handle slam where he goes into the pump handle... And he does, like, an inverted Michinoku driver where he brings them up and around and sits out with it, and they land face down. Amazing. Really dig that. I think it's a lot better than that Weapon X horse shit that he does that takes forever. Looks like like a a convoluted creative finisher. Well, I mean, the drill claw's really good, too. Uh, Callahan caught Cage with just a perfect short Death Valley driver. So Cage is coming off the ropes, and he jumps at Callahan callahan scoots just underneath him and the key to that is grabbing the head and uh, cradling the neck that way you know that they're cleared you completely control how they land based on that uh and otherwise like if you're doing the attitude adjustment the aa or whatever it is when you're doing that as opposed to a death valley driver you're putting them up but you're not necessarily always cradling their neck around the around the uh outside so you got to throw him way up into the air sometimes with the death valley driver you kind of cradle that neck and you dip down and you control all that and they they had like that much of a window but these two guys are such pros that Callahan was able to get right underneath cage cradle that neck roll over amazing as amazing as that was the constant calls of Callahan is your world champion no Cage has done it. He's retained his title. No. Cut that shit out, man. It it, it does one of two things. It either telegraphs it or makes it completely anticlimactic. One or the other. Nothing good comes of that. Nah. Callahan uh, pile drives Cage into the thumbtacks, but Cage gets up at one. Cage is lit. Hits the drill claw on on Callahan, onto thumbtacks, and he wins it. Melissa Santos comes out, celebrates with him. It was more of a Falcon error than a drill claw, but you know, Callahan's Callahan's a not not easy to keep up for that. Took that flat back. I thought it looked good, and the thing is, for, for Bound for Glory. This was probably the best main event they've had in years. Because the thing with Bound for Glory is it's been notoriously overbooked. Last year you had Johnny Impact with Austin Aries. And you had that dumbass, dumbass finish where Austin Aries rolled out. Didn't sell. And you didn't know if it was a work. Or you didn't know if it was a shoot. Or what the hell was going on. Or any of that crap. Just... None of that. Then you, the year I think it was the year before you had Alberto Del Rio or I think it was Alberto El Patron running in and just oh gross. Not good. I thought this show was pretty solid. Was I'm like I'm not gonna put it in a conversation, a pay per view of the year, nothing like that. And like when you compare it to like Slamiversary oh eight or, or two thousand eighteen, I don't think it's anywhere near it. There's not, I mean, the, the ladder match spots I'll remember for years and years to come because there were two legitimately amazing spots in that match. The, the Canadian Destroyer through the ladder and the Ace Romero spot were unbelievable. I'll remember Kylie Ray making her first televised appearance since AEW. But other than that, I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to pretend to know their booking philosophies here. And they've had pretty good creative behind them, so it's. It's easy for me to sit here and say, "Oh well, this person should have gone over, or this person should have gone over," and I'm sure in in a month or after the tapings, I'll say one way or another. But I I do think it's time for some parody, some some different faces near the top of this card, because it feels like it's it feels like it's been the same guys, even though like Callahan's been involved in main event stuff, but not necessarily a title picture. But they just got Johnny Impact out of there. So I, I, I would like to see Willie Mack up there. I would like to see him near the top. I'd like to see... I mean, Moose has had the opportunities but hasn't won it. And I feel like they had kind of pushed him down, pushed him down, and he's in a, a rehabilitation phase. Uh, they also announced Hard to Kill, a new pay-per-view coming in January, uh, making light of the fact that Impact Wrestling is hard to kill. So is Fightful. We're still sticking around, you guys. We depend on your support. We depend on your thumbs ups, uh, your retweets, your subscriptions, all that good stuff. And I gotta say, guys, thank you so much for showing us support. Uh, we're here after every impact wrestling pay-per-view. I, I get a lot of that stuff. You know, there's some of the impact faithful that are like, oh, you're biased when you say something negative about impact. We're here after every pay-per-view. We have interviewed dozens of their wrestlers. We've got more. We've got interviews with Johnny Swinger and Scott DeMorse still to come. Uh, I am constantly seeking out content. They were great to Warren and Kristen this weekend, which is important to me. Um, can't say enough good things with how the media has stepped up or how uh, Impact and Access have stepped up their media game of late. I mean, that that's that's the perspective that I have. I mean, I can tell you what kind of access they provide and what type of things they allow and don't allow. And they've made a real turnaround over the last couple of weeks, especially. And there were a lot of people in the company that didn't like some of the stuff that I reported. So good on them for, or at least seemingly not holding a grudge or anything and just letting us do our job. I appreciate that. But I appreciate all of you guys. Thank you all so much. Uh, this was a fun show and I always have fun hanging out with you guys. We are back Monday for Monday night raw. Till next time, we're out.